All right. Let's do it. Hey. <clears throat> okay. Welcome to the Open Hardware Manufacturing Podcast, or OHM for short. My name is Stephen Hawes. And I'm Lucian Chapar. And this podcast is about manufacturing open hardware. Uh, Lucian and I both work at Opulo, an open source hardware company, and we have been forced to bang our heads against a wall to solve so many problems that are not immediately obvious how to solve. How do you handle import and export duties for a moderately small organization? How do you deal with your, the fact that your source is open and you have a huge community of people that are contributing to that, but you also have to keep track of internal manufacturing revisions. There are so many weird little extra things that go into manufacturing at a moderate scale and the fact that that source is open. So many weird things come from that. So we decided we wanted to share about how we've solved a lot of these problems uh, by communicating them in this format on a podcast. The mission of the company is to help people manufacture their products. And we do that partially at Opulo with making a desktop pick-and-place machine. But another way to help accomplish that goal is to share our experiences about how are we actually solving some of these problems. And that's where we got this. So uh, Lucian and I both work at Opulo. And Opulo is a company that the whole point of it is to help people manufacture their products. So the first thing that we make is the Lumen PMP. It's like a, a desktop pick-and-place machine. And it spun out of like wanting to be able to make a product at like a moderate scale that wasn't prototyping uh, where you just sit down with a soldering iron and you have to do them all manually. Uh, but also you don't want to hire a company to like make all of them for you. So that's where we're coming from. And like we make all of the machines in-house here in Pittsburgh. Um, so we, we try and accomplish that goal a little bit with shipping the hardware. But also what this podcast is looking to accomplish is helping people manufacture their products with information. So like explaining, like, okay, well, there's gotta be so much weird, we run into probably like a weird problem once a week at least about like some, I don't know, how to ship stuff internationally. Oh yeah, it's the Wild West and uh, most people are left to figure it out on their own. Best practices aren't recorded or documented that well and like people like to keep their secrets because it's how they make their money more and it's just, I'd like to put some transparency into that with this podcast here. There's a million things that like, if I had a nickel for everything that you and I sat down and had like a two and a half hour conversation about like, what do we even do? Like, how do we even solve this problem? And there's, it's not stuff you Google. It's like, how do you set up taxes for, you want to ship internationally? There's nothing to tell <laughs> you that. Yeah, you know? you're just scared you're going to do it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, frankly. Yeah. Even if you've like called the government a few times and been like, what do I do? And they're like, RTFM. They they don't they just are not helpful there. Yeah, the the government will tell you to read tens of pages of legal stature, and if you call them, they say we don't offer advice or interpretation. Um, yeah, and for those that don't know, RTFM is read the effing manual. So like <laughs> they pretty much just say read. We wrote it down somewhere. Read it, but they're not going to summarize it in a way that's reasonable for anyone that's trying to start an, a hardware manufacturing thing to actually do. And all of this is to say, like, we hope to at least document our experiences in doing open hardware manufacturing, sharing lessons learned, talking about, like, what we've done to be as successful as we are so far and sharing it with y'all. Right. So anyone else can do it. And so that's one side of it is, like, how do you run the thing, hiring people, making instructions for building the thing, quality control, like, all of the stuff that we think about that isn't just designing the thing, but actually producing it and getting it out there. And then... We're totally open source. 
and that's the name of the podcast, you know, Open Hardware Manufacturing OHM. Um, what does it mean to be open? And where do you draw the line of like, open source is an open company is a thing that I say a lot. Like, we we can't have all our HR information open, but we have every bit of our sources open. And what does that mean? And having a community, we have an awesome community of people that look at the source and they edit it and they make improvements. And how do you balance all that stuff? So there's going to be a little bit of each of those in this whole thing. Some stuff about being open, a lot of stuff about being making your own hardware. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> For sure. But so you want, I know this is a, something you definitely want to talk about is why, why is being open hardware important? Yeah. Open hardware. Well, first I think we should talk about what is open hardware and its definition to me is a little bit more elusive than software. Like this, with software, it's the source code is available or it isn't. Yeah. Um, with hardware, it's what, what exactly is open hardware? And to us, I think it's fair to say it's about a bill of material being published um cad files being published in their native format yeah um assembly documentation if needed and available and if exists yeah um and that's pretty much i don't know if there's much more meat to that there i i know that like the um uh open hardware oh man what what's the name you went to the conference a couple weeks ago open hardware association yeah yeah yeah, that open Open hardware association Association. oh wow i had to pull for that one but they have a really lovely definition of like what constitutes open hardware and it's it's effectively what you said like all the design files are they're open in their native format so like no gerber exports of a pcb it's the kicad file it's the ultium file and ideally the source is in a format that is accessible in a free and open source uh viewer so like Technically, it's open if you share a SolidWorks file, but yeah. you may not have a SolidWorks license, so it's even better if it's FreeCAD or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's more than just putting an STL file on Thingiverse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count. Um, yeah. But for us, it's um, it's been very important to our ethos and our beginnings and like where we're going because it allows people to contribute. It allows us to gain feedback. It allows for our product to be a collaborative thing in the marketplace with a community behind it and... In in a way, it's it's also open because we don't think it's fully ours. It's built by a village of people that contribute to it. And it's going to be maintained by a village of people, hopefully a hundred years from now. Yeah. Like open source is about sharing something with the world um, and expecting, not knowing what to expect back. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's a, and like so much of it is built on other open source stuff. Like our machine uses Marlin. That is thousands of hours of community development to bring that thing to fruition and we could not make what we do unless that was a thing yeah so, so. i think it's steven it's important for steven and i um to be open and we recognize that we're standing on the shoulders of giants in mm-hmm. many ways and uh it's if someone leapfrogs off us it's just a part of the dance yeah that, that's <laughs> great yeah in my mind there's there's two things about why it's important the first is it's a homey thing to do <laughs> you know like it's just good to give back and like when when I started the the open source project a couple of years ago. It was because I wanted a thing. I wanted a tool. And like, I always think about, could that era, Steven, build this thing with like 500 bucks? Being open lets you still put one together, even if you don't want to pay a commercial company to buy one. So it, that's literally solving the problem, right? It helps solve the problem that we're trying to solve, which is helping with manufacturing or uh, people building their own products. Yeah. The other thing is, it's literally a better choice. <laughs> like, there are so many intelligent and wonderful people in our community that give us so much awesome feedback about designs. Like I'll post something and they're like, no, 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 don't do it that way. It's so much better to do this. What are you doing, dummy? And then I'm like, oh, great. Thank you so much. The designs get are better because of that too. So like it's it's also selfishly good. It's, it's good for people and it's good for 
it's good for the design because other people are contributing. It's just, it's awesome. It'd be interesting to think about trade-offs and like, what are we giving up? Mm -hmm. Like there, there is risk to being open, but. Sure. Um, but yeah, well, that would well, be a good other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucia, you want to give a, ba a bit of uh, your background and like how you ended up being here? <laughs> yeah. So my name is Lucian Chapar and I am, I guess, primarily a manufacturing engineer and like hardware enthusiast. I, I've been working with tools ever since I was like 10. Uh, I got started in making things in open hardware from my days modding Nerf guns. I would take Nerf guns and try to make them shoot far better than out of the box. We'd be like cutting them up, making polycarbonate pieces, eventually getting into 3D printing and sharing our files in the community. <laughs> and it became really fun. It led to me building CNC routers, creating my own rep wraps, um, running, starting a makerspace of the experiences I had learned in college where I ultimately met Steven. Yeah. Um, after college, I went on to work at Mastercam, a CNC software company where I was on the technical documentation team. I saw all aspects of software development, project management, uh, as a part of the creative services team. And it was really cool. They'd have me translate things into languages I did not understand. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have me shoot videos in machine shops and talk to applications engineers. And it was really cool. Um, after Mastercam, I went on to work at Formlabs as a manufacturing engineer where I was there for like two and a half years. And within a couple months of being there, I, <laughs> I said, Steven, you got to get over here. It's too cool. <laughs> and in short work, you were there. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. But Formlabs sent me all around the world, um, primarily to China, where I'd help run manufacturing lines, bring up new products, manage quality issues, implement standard operating procedures, and like help reduce failure rates across the board on assembly processes. Uh, it was one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. I also was the owner of, well, north of like 70% of their production equipment for uh, the Form 3 line. That's a SLA 3D printer. Um, so I had to create documentation and maintenance instructions and assembly instructions and just explain how to use these tools to make printers as successfully as possible. And it was really rewarding. Um, it's definitely fed into the experiences that I brought to Opulo here today. Oh, um, yeah. where, <laughs> 100%. Where I, I pretty much do my best to own manufacturing and, I, and operations. And from what I learned at Formlabs, it's really just informed what I do here at Opulo. And that's like just rocking manufacturing and operation processes for us across the board. Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. For sure. Yeah, it's been, it was really cool seeing like, because I've known you for like a decade. <laughs> and then seeing like, the stuff that you would pull from Forum Labs and like flying to China and running the line and fixing problems on the line, making these like crazy, you know, laser printers yeah. that make parts out of goo. And then now we're here in Pittsburgh doing it here for a very different thing. And what stuff comes over, what translates over. It's, it's, and that we got to work at Forum Labs. It's just really cool to see yeah. all that, that arc. Yeah. We're peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> It's been uh, it's been quite the ride so far, and it's just getting started. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh -huh. cool. And then I I I got a later start than you in like getting into making stuff. Both my parents were English majors, so I didn't have that early exposure to it. But I got into like kind of making things in um, like probably high school, mostly like writing code. And then met Lucian in uh, UConn and did mechanical engineering. And then I worked at a company in Pittsburgh called Deep Local, which was kind of like. We just did like random robots for companies like uh, Netflix came to us and we made them a little wooden box with a red button on the top 
It was very nondescript and you press the button and it silences your phone, dims your lights, turns on your TV, opens Netflix and orders a pizza to your house. And we were technically an advertising agency. So we did this not as a product, but like it was an advertising thing. So I did a lot of like building these, like sometimes we build like five foot tall robots that drove around and took selfies and like all kinds of weird stuff. So I did a lot of that and I flew all over the world too for like bringing these to demos at conferences and stuff. And it was exhausting. And then I went to work at uh, Formal Labs with Lucian and I was on the sustaining engineering team. So I had to help make them run really consistently. So Deep Local was like build one thing fast. Like sometimes I had to do it in like a week and a half and then I flew to India and I had to like show it off. So that was one thing really quickly. And then on sustaining, it was building a lot of things really well. So it was a really good spread of like quick prototyping to like consistency and reliability, which was great. It was such a good arc. And then while, right as I was leaving Deep Local, I started the YouTube channel that the company kind of spun out of. Um, and then I worked on it the whole time that we were at Deep, uh, Forum Labs together. And then we quit like the same week at Forum Labs and then moved out here and now run an Opula. So yeah, that, that's a bit about who we are and like the context that we're bringing to talking about all this stuff. Both of us have been involved in open source projects and like building open source projects, 3D printers, that kind of arc in our sentient adult lives. <laughs> all right, so the we're just starting this whole thing out. So we're gonna kind of feel out what the consistency and the schedule of this is gonna be, but we're gonna shoot to put one out once every maybe three to four weeks. Um, we also don't know what it what it means for us to actually edit and put it out. So we're gonna see, but we're gonna shoot to put one out consistently every few weeks. Um, but we'll figure it out as we go a little bit more. Each episode is going to be either a guest that we'll have on who is someone in open hardware, uh, manufacturing, someone that is doing a similar kind of thing and could help share some of their experiences about how do they do it? What What's the way that they manage their inventory? What's the way that they manage shipping and like order packing and all those kind of like little nitty gritty things. Uh, so we'll have some people on that have experience doing that. And then we'll also, there's a million and one topics of just things that, problems that we're solving, trying to get these things out the door and run efficiently that we could just talk about uh, indefinitely effectively. <laughs> so all kinds of stuff that we talk about all the time, like what does it mean for manufacturing itself to be fully open? How does making money uh, with open hardware work? And like, what are the considerations of that? What about uh, licensing? What license do you choose for your open hardware or even software? And like, what are the pluses and minuses of doing that? Uh, Prusa uh, had a, an open letter about open source a few weeks ago. I have some thoughts on that one. That's a whole thing we could talk about. But yeah, there, there's a million logistic things that we want to dive in and discuss uh, that aren't explicitly written anywhere uh, that we've been forced to find a way to solve and that we think we found a pretty good solution for. If you have thoughts about this podcast and stuff that you would really like for us to cover, uh, whether we've figured it out ourselves or not, or people that you'd like to have on, hop into the community discord and we have a channel in there about the podcast. So you can go in there and drop them in that. And we will be more than happy to answer and talk about those in the next episode that we shoot. If you want to stay up to date with new episodes that are coming out, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, you can check out our website, opulo.io, and see a little bit more about what we do and the machines that we make. And yeah, thanks for listening. And we have an episode up right now. So you can go ahead and just go to the next episode in the queue and listen to the first episode. So thanks for listening. And we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Ohm Improvement Pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs>